Welcome to Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic. A Night at the Theater, part two. So this time around, um, me and Danielle got to see the Broadway musical, The Prom. And after seeing the show, we were definitely like, we should review it um, and kind of like spread the love for the show. But also just like, I think it's a good point to talk about creating choreography, like new, smart, creative choreography. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was also a moment in the show where they did like social media dances, but it was a very specific moment that the choreographer chose to do it in. Um, which we'll get to a little later, but we thought it would just be quite appropriate to bring up the show. Yeah, so let's start with the review and then talk about why why we think the show works in, in terms of especially dance. Yeah, so just a base basic plot synopsis is the story is about a young girl who's in high school um, and she's part of the LGBTQ community and she wants to go to prom like everyone else. And, and she's out. Yeah, she herself is out, and she wants to go to prom where, you know, her girlfriend will also come out and everything like that. But the PTA stops, like, PTA says since, the PTA is told that they must have a prom at, um, so that everyone can come. And so her res- the PTA's response is, well, if she has to come, we'll just cancel the prom. And from there, a group of Broadway actors go to this small town to try to help and just create all this calamity as things go on. Um, and that's really about it without spoiling any plot mm-hmm. points. Um, so the first thing that I noticed right off the bat is that it was a high energy musical, yeah, which so, we haven't really had in a while yeah, on Broadway, like it, a high energy musical comedy. It was uh, directed and choreographed by Casey Nicolo, who also did Aladdin and Something Rotten. Mm-hmm. So that should give you kind of an idea of the type of musical it is. Mm -hmm. And right off the bat, we kind of get this, like, uh, the opening numbers, like, wasn't a lot of dance, but, like, even as I was seeing the movement kind of, like, uh, creating the vocabulary of the show and seeing the movement, I was instantly like, oh, it's really simple. Very intricate in certain parts, but it was simple, and, like, I didn't feel... I didn't feel like it was misplaced in the opening number. And even the opening number was still just very much a setup to the rest of the show. Yes, and exactly. And what I loved, too, about the way that it opened was, for a moment, I won't lie, I was a little like, oh, we're just, like, jumping right in. Like, I don't know who these characters are. There's not a lot of exposition. Yes, yes, yes. But to be honest, as it went on, I was like, it was so smart because you quickly got introduced to the characters. You quickly knew what they were up to. And we could move on with the major focus of the story and introduce everyone together. And I think that it ran so smoothly in terms of timing. I think timing was actually really great on it. Um, and it's, yeah, like like Tony just said, it's not a ton of movement, but there is some movement in the opening number and it's starting to kind of introduce you to the idea of the show. And I think something I took away about it and we'll delve into it is that uh, Casey Nicola was able to make choreography so specific for certain age groups. 
So, yes. like we said, you know, these Broadway actors, um, basically, they're in this musical, and they're Broadway stars. They have, like, Tonys, and they're yeah, in the Drama Broadway Desk community. They're, they're well-known names, okay? And so, they, it'd be like saying Audra McDonald, or... Um, like Patti LuPone. Patti LuPone, yeah. or, you know, uh, any of those. Um, and so, they decide to go to Indiana to help this girl whose prom is being canceled. Um... And so they they go to do that. So you have these people who are older, and then you they go to a high school, and they you have the quote unquote kids. And I say quote unquote because obviously they weren't were children, adults. But um, what I it was yes. yeah I think you're breaking on a really great point is that usually when musicals have a division of adults and kids, sometimes their the choreography doesn't match and it doesn't feel right. It feels very disconnected. Yeah, and. At first, I didn't I didn't realize that that was a thing because I know for me in particular in high school, I think of the musical uh, that I did, my first musical actually, was Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And all the adults in Tom Sawyer's were actually adults from our school. Like, we got several teachers to be a part of the show. Yeah. So we had real adults versus us high school kids. So there was that natural division. But as I start getting into the professional world, I realized that, like, a lot of times choreographers ignore that, like, adults move differently than children. Yeah, and especially when you're actually trying to tell a story through movement, making sure that that movement um, completely aligns with the story you're telling and the emotions and feelings of that character in terms of how old are they. Oh, yeah, and that's... So delving into, like, once they get into Indiana and we start seeing the high school kids and we start getting some of the bigger, like, dance numbers where there are a couple dance breaks and things like that, the one thing that I really enjoyed is that anytime that the high school students or high school dancers were dancing with each other, each other, there was like laughter and like there were it was fun. It but was, there was like, like ad, yeah, and there's like ad libs and you know all oh, that yeah. stuff you learn. And what I loved too was that I'm a huge proponent of um, choreography has to mean something and it has to have a yes. purpose. And it cannot just be choreography for choreography's sake. And I have seen Broadway oh, God, shows yes. where there is choreography for choreography's sake. And I leave or being like, wow. Yeah, and I leave being like, wow, that person just made, you know, 50 or $75,000. And I, I honestly think I could could have done a better, smarter job than them. Well, and it, I didn't feel that way at all in this show. Oh, God, no. What I didn't, like... On that same kind of uh, tangent, it's just, like, there were moments within the show where literally, like, we did not need movement. I didn't need any movement. Or they were there was, there was power in their stillness. Mm-hmm. Or their stance. Or even from, like, a lot of the principals who were, like, were not dancers at all. They gave them, like, the simple, just basic step-touch movements of where, like... And this would be the, these principles were the ones that were coming from the quote, from Broadway, quote unquote. And they had the means to move like any lead on a Broadway show would. Yes. But they were not dancers. Like the uh, actress in real life, Beth Level. Um, Levy? Levy? Level? Um, Yeah, Beth Level. Level. She, like I said, Beth Level has been in God knows how many musicals. Right. But in the show, she's playing at this big Broadway diva that clearly has done Broadway, several Broadway shows. So she would move well, but is not a dancer. Right. And he featured that, you know, yeah. like he made it. It was it was just a very clear movement choice where it's like, yes, she's an older woman, but she's also a Broadway star. So she would move well. 
but she would move well enough, but she would know would be nowhere near be doing pirouettes and turns and 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 syncopated movement because that's like never, the ensemble yeah. track. Because no Broadway lead is no Broadway leading lady is gonna do that. Exactly, and then there was a supporting lead. A woman, and I don't. Um, I love her. I need to research. I her can't. More. You know, I have. I I have the playbill, and I should grab. I'll grab it in a moment so I can let everyone know her name. But um, she played a supporting lead, and her whole backstory was that she's been in Chicago for fifteen years, and she's always in the chorus, and they're never gonna bump her up to Roxy, which is an ongoing joke in the community. Actually, which is like that's which actually is a true, real joke. Which is why it's like an ongoing joke in the community, and they. You know, cast one with who was these tremendously long legs. She is a and Chicago they, chorus girl. A, like yeah, she, could she probably easily, has been in it. I wouldn't be surprised if she and actually what, wasn't. But what they did was, whenever she had these moments of movement and dancing, and she did like a she did like a duet or two or had a solo. Yeah. They made her movement match her whole story of being a Fosse girl. Oh yeah. So there's a moment where like she walks up to one of the lead actresses, and literally it's a Fosse walk. Yes. <laughs> and if. If they didn't make the character so distinctive, I would have thought that it would have been faked or forced. But any other time she was like, I'm a normal person. But in reality, this is how I would, a Fosse person would move, you know? Like, this is something that, like, if I'm going to talk about Fosse, I would move. Or even I'll give credit to um, the costume department, mm. how she would dress. Oh my gosh! She's oh, yes. a, she's she a Broadway chorus girl. She's she got her legs in out. Black. She always had her legs out. Her black sheer tights. Her black dresses. I mean, the whole show. Like, we're talking a lot about choreography because that's what we know and what we do. But the whole show between costumes, sound, orchestration, effects, like it was so well done. But because I, I would go back and to cohesive. Yes. It was, I, I believed every choice that they made for every character, be it choreography or costumes or even like even lines of dialogue. Because what, what I, I know I personally enjoyed being a part of the theater community is that the jokes that they made about theater and the different, just inside jokes, like they talked about, you know, like I've been a chorus girl forever or there's even a running gag about, uh, the cast of Godspell getting stranded in the town. Yeah. And so randomly when all these dancers would break out into a number, it would be like, well, where do these dancers come? Oh, in reality, they're the they're the cast of Godspell that got stranded in this small Indiana town, you know? So it's one of those things of they made strong, justifiable choices. Yes. And even that just follows from beginning to end. And I think I'm with Danielle. Choreography for choreography's sake can really be detrimental to a story. And I yeah. feel like choreography should tell a story. And even there's like a moment where they're getting ready for the prom and we get these very stylized posing from the uh, from the female ensemble members. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's purely just we're posing and we're moving. We're posing and we're moving. But they were all posed as an eye as someone that works with teenagers on a regular basis saw and yes. see from it teenagers, was to me, you know? It was that, that part of the show, um, which is the end of Act 1, which is funny, was very reminiscent to me of the end of Act 1 in the musical 13 when they're yes. all getting ready to go to this big, 
night out at the movies and there's a couple of like couples characters going on dates and the idea of like the posing and the getting ready with makeup it was very reminiscent to that and I loved it too because it made you feel like these you know 25 to 30 whatever year olds that are playing high schoolers that was the other thing I always truly felt like they were 16. And something and this is going to sound so small and minute but I remember it as a dancer, or really as a choreographer, it's something super important to me. So the thing that's super important to me is, um, and that I've learned, is shoes. So something that was really particularly funny to me is that, so when the ensemble members were children, mm-hmm. they never danced in heels. No. All were... of the ensemble girls danced in sneakers. So yeah. e- it was even like the prom dress or like the um, short cocktail dresses or whatever. But they were all in like sparkly bedazzled sneakers, which I've seen a billion times walking around my high school. Yes. And so yeah. that was important to me because I'm literally like, first of all, they were dancing face. But oh, it was like, are you really going to put these kids in high heels? Because like literally I'm doing um, a heels number now with my high school kids. And there a lot of them are like... Oh, yay, I finally get to go buy my first pair of heels because the idea, like, also it's just the age we live in. Girls don't wear heels at a, such a young age anymore. They're, you know. No, you literally <laughs> would only wear it to your prom and you're probably going to end up taking them off just oh, as yeah. you do at a wedding or at least I do when I'm at a wedding and ready to dance. Most women do. So literally, it was very, I just really appreciated that, like, the customer made the choice to be like, yeah, they're not going to dance in heels. That would make no, no sense. They're in yeah, high they just made they're them. In high school. They made them <laughs> look like they were in high school, and they also, I mean, kudos to these actors because it literally felt like I was watching sixteen-year-olds, and it just really took you into the story, which is fabulous. Because I mean, I don't know how old all of them were, but I know for a fact one of the girls, um, the girl uh, Isabel McCullough, who played Alyssa, who's one of the supporting leads. I actually grew up dancing with her at my dance studio at Coupe. Shout out to Coupe. Um, And she was a couple years younger than me. I think she's about 20. uh, She's somewhere between 27 and 29 right now. So I I think that I would say that the cast is probably around 25 and up. Yeah. Well, I know one of the guys in the ensemble, I've like been at auditions with him. And if I, if I'm 30, he's probably like 28, 27. So like they're all... Our age are slightly younger. I'm sure there's actually might one or two in the ensemble that are actually like older than us. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but I just again, I kudos to those dancers and to the choreographer and director for making smart movement choices. Yes. That again told a story and weren't they weren't just superfluous movements. And I kind of want to talk about a moment at the end of Act One that Danielle mm-hmm. was talking about. And at the end of Act One, oh, yes. we have this kind of like surprise moment where the you know the lead characters are stunned by what's going on right so it goes it's this whole montage of like they're getting ready for the prom it's prom night and then they um they go to prom and there's a big reveal that well i guess we shouldn't i don't want to we're not gonna spoil it but there's there's a a big reveal reveal that happens and but there's a big amiss this there's a big dance number where the kids are at the prom mm -hmm. so again it makes sense for them to be dancing and we essentially see every social media dance. They are doing the floss. Mm-hmm. They are, like one kid was doing the Millie Rock. Like any anything you can think of on social media, we all see it happening on the backside of the stage in slow motion at that too. Yeah. 
And I, we, after doing a whole episode last, well, two weeks ago, sorry about last week, I love you all. Mm. Um, after doing the previous episode where we talked about there's a time and place for them, I think it was uniquely, uh, it kind of even served the plot even more so to make it even more hurtful, that these kids were doing these you know, like happy-go-lucky viral dances as the lead characters were going through this it huge just, cathartic plot twist. Yes, it was, that was really, that, I think that was like a really great juxtaposition. And also, again, talking about smart choreography, it was so smart for him to put those present day viral dance moves in because it's go at that moment because it would make sense they're being done at a prom yes. where it's a social dance with it, high schoolers with in the high current schoolers age. in the current age it's what's gonna draw if you know there's younger kids or teenagers who are being taken to see the show maybe by family members or friends who don't know as much or aren't as engaged mm. that's something to draw them in and it makes sense. It happens for about 16 counts, and then it's done, and we don't see it again. But you have that glimpse of like, oh my god, hey, look, that girl's doing the shoot. That's so funny. And, and it again. Makes, and it makes sense, and then prom, we're done. At a prom with high school kids, I assure you that's happening. Yeah. So I thought it was just very well timed in place. And also, like, there's just something that I appreciate as a dancer. The chorus, which again, it was very clear, these are the principles, these are the chorus. The chorus was featured and praised just yes. as heavily as the principal characters. And so even in the even the ensemble that didn't really have any speaking lines, you know, or maybe one or two lines throughout the show, they were featured. Like even in the big huge finale at the end of the show, the dance the like the ensemble got their own moment where the principals were literally in the back of the stage. Yeah. And I almost didn't catch it at first. So literally I was like, where's the lead girl? And they were literally in the back of the stage being the ensemble to these dancers that were putting in all that work. And I think it's and I think it's important to to celebrate choreographers that understand, and this is why I love um Nick Nick. Why am I blanking on his name? Who? Choreographer. Of this show? Yes. Casey Nicolo. Casey Nicolo. I went to his last name for some reason. The reason why I praise him for his work is he understands dancers. Yes. And he has an appreciation for them that I think can go very lost on them because me and Danielle saw a matinee and the energy was we saw I, we saw a matinee on a the day, Sunday. On a Sunday, so that means they were all dark today. So the day before an off day, there was just as much injury. And typically, Sundays are the injury days where people usually get hurt more mm -hmm. because it's the end of your work week and you're tired after a mm -hmm. full work week. So usually, a Sunday performance can be very very scary. And <laughs> it was just like the from everything to the orchestra being loud and on it and booming to the energy of the actors, mm -hmm. you forgot that you were at a matinee, which sometimes it is very, like Tony was saying, very evident when you were at a matinee. It's very and, evident that it's like, oh, today's a Sunday. Dang it, why'd we pick a Sunday? Right, and this cast gave it their all. Like, they were living the entire time they were on that stage, and it was really awesome to see like a show that it's been running for... I'll look up when it opened, but October, it's been running September, for yeah at they least a couple months in in the fall. Yes, and to them, for them to still be having this much excitement and energy every single show is it's really amazing. It's like, and it's so 
inspiring to see. Oh, yeah. And I really want to... There are two specific things that I want to definitely give a shout out for. The first is the taking care of their bodies. So there are several knee slides within the choreography for a certain scene, for a certain number. All of them had knee pads on, and I appreciate it. But I had to look very, very hard to find it. And I just go, thank you for being a choreographer that cares about people's knees. Mm -hmm. Because I've definitely done shows where literally it's like, um, we don't have knee pads, so we're not doing that. Yeah. So that's a huge, again, I just want to take the time and appreciation to thank him for that. Because uh, it's greatly appreciated. But then also, my point is lost. Mm-hmm. It will come back to me. Yes. I assure you. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I lost it. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think that, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the choreography and, you know, going back to a review of the show as well. I think that it was so incredibly smartly done I think that it's so prevalent for this day and age the storyline and everything going on in the United States and in politics and socially you know and I think that um and like we started off saying it's a happy show and it's it's an upbeat show and so it's not necessarily a show where like, oh, it's so prevalent about current times, but it's going to bring you down. And I no. think that there's not enough of those right now. And I think it's so amazing to have a show that makes you get excited and feel happy without a sad ending. And I will say like it left me feeling inspired and it left me being like, I want to oh, yeah. go dance again. Now, am oh. I going to do that? No. But yeah. it made me so excited because the choreography was they were so on top of their game, the actors and dancers, and the choreography was so fun to watch, and oh, it yeah. made sense, and it was nothing wild, point. you know, it was nothing... It was simple and elegant yes, and appropriate. Was it was nothing, like, wildly innovated, but the way that it was um, sequenced together and how he made it very clear for who did what part oh, yeah. was so well done that it really, really did make me look at it and go, oh my God, I want to get up there and I want to get on the stage and learn that choreography with them. Like, this looks like so much fun. And so I found my point. I knew that I would. It goes back to the simplicity of it. Like, there were not a billion pirouettes in this show. Oh, no. There were not a billion high kicks in this show. And I recently saw um, a couple musicals. I've seen a uh, a lot of shows recently. And I won't say the name of this particular show, but there were Fuerte turns in it on point. Mm-hmm. And so as like, because they're, they're supposed to be at the ballet. So as we're watching this ballet scene, I'm like, okay, we'll probably get a good jeté or, you know, like something to show about. Like, I have no doubt that the dancers have that training, but I also know that Broadway shows are done eight times a week minimum. And depending mm-hmm. on what's happening, they can hit up to 12 shows a week, you know, mm-hmm. in between um, Broadway, an extra Broadway care show or, you know, a special producer run or, like, put in rehearsals, like, so eight shows minimum, but I've seen some shows be like, this is our 13th show this week, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was not expecting for them to be on actual point. I just expected ballet shoes. So when the, um, and it's like a, I think it was like an imitation of the Swan Prin- uh, Swan Princess. And so for this ensemble member to come out on point I was already like okay this choreographer is slightly crazy but I mean maybe she's not going to do anything too crazy and then old girl breaks into what they turns and I go 
who is doing foot returns eight times a week and not like hating their body? Like that's an extreme thing to do in act two of this musical. So I appreciated that for the prom, there were not an insane amount of pirouettes. Um, there was the occasional high kick, but again, yeah, and the occasional aerial, but it just, oh, it yeah, made, but, it, but it made sense for that scene. Yes. And I, again, I just appreciate those things. Like I've been that dancer in those situations where it's like, I look at this choreography or I look at shows that I want to audition for choreographers that I want to work with. And I go, my body can't sustain that. Um, uh, the most recent revival of Cabaret that I had friends that auditioned, that did the, um, so that that particular production was done out of town and I had a couple friends in it. And then when they heard about the Broadway one, they were out, several of them opted to not transfer with it because they simply said our knees couldn't take it. Like people were busting their knees in the rehearsal process, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's something to be said for like, upkeep of your body while doing musicals you know we've talked about um long runs on the show previously and like sustainability is something that has to be taken into account people are having very long dance careers because they're taking care of their bodies and i think that also choreographers have no choice but to play a part in that yeah you know we we've ranted on the show before about choreographers not taking care of students that we have now. And so now we're having to break all their bad habits. Right. And when you... Same thing for the professional world, sadly. It doesn't change. Some choreographers have a vision locked in their head and their vision doesn't adapt to real bodies or to real life circumstances. And when you you choose to just hound certain choreography and make them do it over and over and over... That's also just not being a smart choreographer because at the end of the day, if a dancer's body is not adequately prepped for that and you're making them oh, do yeah. something wild like 32 fuetes every single night, it's yeah. also going to start to not look good. And that's a yep. reflection on you. So to have, yeah, these like dance moves that, and I think it's so important that I think what made the choreography great about this, the choreography great in the prom was that especially when it came time to the high schoolers, which were the majority of the dance scenes, Mm -hmm. while the choreography is by no means easy, it was done in a way where it didn't have a lot of tricks, it didn't really have a ton of turns and leaps and and high kicks, that if you were a kid seeing the show, you could do, you could say, I could do that. Yes. I definitely think, I'm with you on that. Like, I I don't want to say that it was easy, but it's definitely one of those things of that vocabulary... It's something that a beginner, a, be, a beginner or intermediate could definitely learn and then put it at the Broadway caliber. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, again, I appreciate about it because sustainability, like, I've just seen, I've had friend, so many friends in Broadway shows where they're just like, this is not sustainable. Or like, my body, my body can't last. I'm pulling out the show because my body can't handle doing this eight times a week. Or, you know, like... I really love doing my two-year run, but I'll never return to that show. I have friends that feel that way with Lion King, if I'm being completely honest. Because, mm-hmm. like, Lion King, there are, like, a whole set of certain injuries depending on what animal you play in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. They're like, I have certain friends that's like, yeah, my wrists are permanently destroyed after doing Lion King for 10 years. So I'm, I'm good. I love them. I don't think I can go back to Lion King. And it's like, I completely understand. Because you're, again, any dancing's going to take a toll on your body. But I just... I think you have to be very smart about it when these are choices that you want to make for your career, you know? 
You don't want to be hesitant about doing a move, but you also don't want to blow your body out on your first Broadway show, you know? Yeah. Or regional tour, you know? That's something else you have to think about is that, like, a lot of a lot of people make their introduction to Broadway via tours. Yes. And tour casts are always young. Just because of the nature of the wear and tear on your body, mm-hmm. it's very rare that a tour cast, you're going to see a 40-year-old. Yeah. You're rarely going to see a 35-year-old on a tour cast Yeah, a lot you're going to get a lot of people that are right out of college. Yeah, just for s- sustainability. Um, so... We've talked a lot about the choreography and how we feel it's, you know, so smart and everything we liked about it. Um, So I think we should give our overall thoughts of, we've kind of talked about this, but our overall, like, thoughts of the show. Would we recommend it? Um, And so forth. I, so, so I will say for, I recommend it for everyone, honestly. For young audiences, I will throw out there um, that, uh, there is some choice language. Mm-hmm. They do drop an F-bomb or two. Yeah, there's a couple. Like, it's not enough where it's like, oh, I'm a fan. No. Honestly, I think this goes back to really great script writing again, which is why I recommend it. Every time they chose to use it, it was at a pivotal point where you're like, I'm laughing so much at and, the joke Oh my made gosh, it was it. so funny. Like, there's one moment that they used it with the old girl from, uh, that was the actress from Chicago. Yes. They used it at a really well-timed part, and I can't, I still laugh about it. Like, it was great. It was just, well like, used. the main character, so she was telling a story about, which is a true story, yes. about the original cast of Chicago, and it was 1975, and how the Roxy got sick, and this swing had to go on. And the the lead teenager in the show turned around and was like, "Oh, are you about to tell me that was you?" And the and the the older woman, um, Angie, she was like, "How old? How old do you fucking think I am?" You know. And it was just one of those moments of like, that would be a real response. Oh yeah. And again, it was just it was one of those things of like it just it was sincerely used to enhance the sentence mm-hmm. versus just like they're saying curse words to say curse words. Yes. So I definitely I would re- I would recommend it for younger audiences. I honestly would recommend it for older audiences as well to understand the bridging of the gap. Yeah. Because there's a a moment in the show where the um lead character that's a young lesbian girl wants to is ready to tell her story about the two proms and how she felt about it. And the older adult cast wants her to go on television. And she's like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I do. So she does post a video. That is very much like a realistic thing that children do. Children are going to post videos on Instagram or social media, whichever they so choose. So I think it's a good way to bridge the gap. Even the so-called villain of the show, I think she comes from a... A, a very, place of caring and, and not just... And fear. I, yeah. It's I'm very, not just a monster to be a monster. No, it's very They're clear that... They're fair to all sides they, of the story and they give They give a little couple of glimpses into the villain's backstory and why she is the way she is. And it's clearly out of fear and not fear of... It, it's fear of what's already happened in her life and oh, yes. it getting worse and her just wanting to make it better. But... um. So it, it humanizes her. So yes. she's a villain, but it 100% humanizes villain. her. And it's not this crazy fighting or anything that happens. And I think that the way that the coming out is handled, too, is so real and mm-hmm. is something that a lot of people can connect with. And so, yeah, I, I'm for me, 
five stars across the board. Like, my only critique is that one song went, like, a bar too long. If I have to go, <laughs> I hated it. I don't. There was literally this one song that I was like, that could have ended that, like, a measure sooner just because, like, it went, like, a, five seconds too long. Right. But it was still an enjoyable number all the way through. So, like... I but for me I definitely recommend it if you are in New York City. I have no doubt that like we're probably going to see a mount a tour mounted for this show in the fall. Oh, it'll probably if and not like, spring it's going to definitely year. be licensed uh, for for like Oh yeah, I can see, I can 100%. see colleges and high schools eating this up yeah. in a few years when the rights come out for Yeah. It. Um yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It was one of the best shows I've seen in a while mm-hmm. again. I just I love the energy of it, and I love Casey Nicolo. I think that he always does an amazing job at what he does, and I love the energy. I love the story. I I loved the choreography, and I love the way the show left me feeling. Um, so I'm excited to see its life um mm-hmm. on Broadway. I hope it lasts for a long time. I think it deserves it. I think it's a really fun show, and I would definitely recommend seeing it. Um, I think there's something for anyone to connect to in the show, and I think you'll enjoy it no matter how you feel about anything going on in the world. Nice. Yeah. That being said, let's move right along to I'm sorry, what did you say? Mm. Or I love dance, but... Mm. And so for this week, for (laughs) me, I have a I'm sorry, what did you say? So I had my third third Black History Month show of the month. Mine's next week. Not to mention, I don't think we're at the 15th of this month, but here we are. And I, so this is a new middle school for me that I've been at since October, but I have not, this is my first show with him. So I have generally no idea how things are ran or how their shows are done. So when I arrived to do their show today, I started pulling kids from classes to run stuff because, again, I only, each of the class, like, I teach a total of, like, I think 10 classes total for this school, but I only see them for one hour once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to pull them to run stuff as much and as best as we can. And as we are getting ready to start the performance, I'm noticing that I'm missing students. So I, like, start scrambling to be like, where are these students? One or two of them are absent. Happens. They're in middle school. They don't have control over being in school. Two of them get sent back upstairs because they're not wearing uniforms. And I'm like, wait a second. I, they're supposed to be wearing, like, their costumes. They're all black. And they're like, nope, they have jeans on. They got to go upstairs. And then I go, but wait, why are they going when they just sit in the audience so they could watch the show? Mm. And someone goes, oh, no, the entire school's not coming to see the show. Only a select group of classes that are really special. And I go, but wait. I teach dance to all of seventh grade. Is all of seventh grade going to come down? And they're like... No, we don't think so. Okay. So then we get we make it through and it was good for what it could be. Some spots were rough because again, we just had whole groups of students missing. Um and then as I'm taking tap shoes back upstairs, the tap kids did do lovely. I give them that. They were a little scared, but they did lovely. Um but as we're headed upstairs, I pass by a classroom that I'm like, wait, this whole class didn't perform. I know every child in this room, none of them perform. Wait. 7020. They don't go to 7020, but 7020 mm-hmm. didn't come downstairs. What happened? So I like go into the classroom and be like, You guys missed your performance. And the teacher turns to me with all the sincerity of her heart. She goes, Oh, they didn't want to perform, so I didn't send them downstairs. I 
wanted to say curse words. I mm-hmm. really did. I really did. But we, the whole class was staring at us at this point. So I just go, oh, well, that might be a problem for the principal. I'll see you guys on Friday for class. And I just walked out. And I did mention it to my principal. And she, she was like, wait, that's not... Okay, well, we'll have to deal with it. Are you heading out? And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go. Like, I'm done. I'm done. My day is complete. I need to go home now. Mm-hmm. But it was very... It's it's one of those things of, like, I have a very supportive administrative team. And I have a handful of teachers that are supportive. But I think people underestimate that, like, even if a child... Again, out of the billions of students that I have taught and will continue to teach... They may not always be dancers going on later in life, but the ability to stand in front of a crowd and perform an activity, be it speaking, be it performing a task, like that is something that I think should never be underestimated. Mm -hmm. And I think in particular, this generation of children that are currently out there are very shy and very timid to be in front of people when there's not a camera involved or a cell phone involved. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a strong proponent for going on stage to learn how to break your nerves and to learn how to do that. And so I feel like that teacher took that chance away from that entire class to have the chance to work through their nerves, to cause to work through being in front of people. Because I have no doubt she's going to ask them to do an oral presentation at the end of the school year. Right. And, and they're going to be just they as terrified. Yeah, you know, so I get- think... And the experience of being on stage or being in front of an audience yet. So that was my experience. Mm -hmm. What about you, Danielle? Um, I don't have, I don't have anything like that yet, at least. Um, We are going to be going into our Black History Month event, which is a smaller show next week. So hopefully it goes well. We'll see. Um, But I... Talk to Tony about this before. Um, there is a student I know, and I know who her dance teacher is. And she's younger. She's, she's a child. And she um, is probably about 13 now. And I saw her Instagram came up on, like, my people mm. you might know or whatever it is. And I looked at it, and it was public. And she had a bunch of photos of... And she is not... You know, I've known this this girl, this student for a couple of years and she's not a dancer like she can move and she's been taking a ton of dance classes so if you need someone to fill in as a dancer like she can definitely step in she's 100 mm-hmm. an actor singer who dances very well but she's Lovely. not a dancer and so a lot of her photos though on instagram was of like her and dance class and captions about going to dance class and you know of course i'm sure mom monitors it and is oh, the yeah. one that actually does the majority of this but she had a lot of photos in point shoes and again she's about 12 or 13 so like you're at the age age, however her body was just like she wasn't turned out she was mostly in parallel her arms were drooping they weren't supported or held at all and the point shoes she was like had these videos and these photos of her in these shoes that were 100% not broken in and it just made me want to scream because we've talked about this before about how she wasn't on her box and that's when I was done important is it to make sure that a girl is truly 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 ready because she could end up really hurting herself so it just was one of those moments where i was like no girl like you know better and i'm sitting there being like i know who her dance teacher is and i know her dance teacher knows better so 
who's letting her on point shoes and like what's going on here and what we talked about this after the christmas after the christmas holiday break where it was a lot i've seen a lot of um parents post getting their kids dance uh, point shoes and being like don't tell your te- your dance teachers about it because they said you're not ready yet or we're not supposed to start until the spring and they want you to go through this process in class with them there like so i'm not going to i'm not going to put blame specifically on the dance teacher for this it falls to the parents you know yeah. and i uh, my friend christy christy took was one of the, she's one of the, she's an adult now but christy had like she had to have two discs like replaced essentially in her spine because she was on point shoes too soon yeah and it misaligned her back horribly and it wasn't until she got to college that her dance teacher was like you like a dance teacher just old school dance teachers just know she was like oh you went on point too soon and she's like wait what do you mean she goes your back is missed a yeah. line there is a girl i grew up with you know um, it's, it's dangerous there's a girl i grew up with dancing with who she went through you know our what we had was like our pre-point program yep. to strengthen your ankles and your toes and what is it like a whole thing and i remember they put her up on point and then they ended up having to have her go back to taking beginning point classes for strengthening and uh, like going off a point actually for Mm -hmm. a while because she her ankles you know being in that pre-point class every day that was strengthening her ankles Mm -hmm. made her ready for point but then once she got up on point and wasn't doing these ankle exercises she had really really weak ankles and they i mean oh yeah that point out of point again like kudos to my studio they actually took her they took her out of point for a while and then they dropped her down to beginner where she had to learn how to strengthen her ankle and ankles and point shoes so kudos to them but it's not you know like what you're not ready you're not ready and i think it's something to like i'm i'm glad that parents get excited for their for their daughters as they start this process because it is a big milestone especially like mom did point when she was younger or things like that or even studio owners like i get the excitement but i'm just not going to risk a child's body for like a, a couple cute photos, no, absolutely and for not. them to run into another dance teacher and be like, "This child should not be on." Point. Yeah, so I was not not worth it. I was not thrilled in the choice of those photos, but hopefully, hopefully she'll learn without getting an injury. Yeah, well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed in this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week and every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at pytnyc29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance. It's time to be-